Hey, come on, keep clapping. I want you guys to just give it up for not only the kids, but we've got some special guests here, Steve and Chrissy Winnick. Come on, tell them hi. Clap for them real big. Steve and Chrissy. Yeah, we're, we're kicking off a series of lessons uh, starting today called Generosity. And there you see this, this, this great, great family back there in that picture. Man, they've got three wonderful boys there, Ezekiel, Noah, and Judah. Come on, look at those kids, man. Come on, how many know anybody's happy at Disneyland? Come on, somebody. Go to Disneyland, put the kids on a sugar high, and man, you're like a parent. You're the best thing ever happened. So uh, we're, we're starting a series of lessons on generosity, and, and Steve and Chrissy have been in the church about a year and a half, and I've got a chance to know them, uh, connect with them a couple times, and, and, and they've got a cool story. And so as I thought about uh, starting this, this series of lessons, I actually asked them if they would come up and kind of just tell their story a little bit, because it's a cool story, and, and uh, maybe you can pick up a couple of things in your own life that we've all got a different journey. We've all got a you know, different, the same destination nation, but a different journey in how to get there. And not all of us are called to the same thing. So you not be, might not be called exactly how God's called them and working in them, but, but the heart of what they have done and who they are, I, I want you to hear that and just get that because I think that's going to help you as well. So come on one more time, give it up for Steve and Chrissy. Yeah. So I just, I just asked them, I just said, hey, turn loose. Talk. I'm going to talk about how you guys got together, how you met, what you did. They've got a business that's important and kind of what, what they're doing with it's really important. Um, and, and so I just want them to turn loose. So get us going, Steve. Uh, so first of all, when Pastor Gary texted us, he texted me and he said, would you be willing to speak in front of church? And the first thing that came to mind, I was like a deer in headlights. I was like... Man, God, what are you what are you doing? Like this is not this is not me. Like this is not me. Why is Pastor Gary texting me to do this? And then after that, I, yeah, I, actually, I actually went to their house because I had to calm them down a little bit. I actually go to the house. I said, "Don't you remember what I was preaching the last couple of weeks? God hadn't given me a spirit of fear. Come on somebody. How many know I had the upper hand right there, right? Yeah. Uh, but after that, I realized I was like I was talking to God and I said, God, all right, you want to use me. Yeah. I'm a vessel. Right. Use me however you want. Even if it's just affecting one person, it's totally worth it for the kingdom of God. Yeah, So right on, right on. So we asked you to get right Just to, Come on, how, how'd you get together? Talk to how, how'd so, you guys meet? So a little bit of backstory is me and Steve met in middle school, eighth grade, and we semi-dated in eighth grade, if you can really call that even We're a boyfriend-girlfriend. Boy. <laughs> yeah. But then we became best friends, and we actually, like, officially got together our senior year, and we got married our junior year in college. Um, we went actually, to college here. You guys were we school. We went to college yeah. both here at USD. I graduated from there. He started at USD and then went to Point Loma. And um, we actually just celebrated 10 years. Yay! So, yeah. <laughs> Milestone. So. Come on. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, ten year is ten year diamond year? Is ten years diamond year? Yeah, he actually got me in the, he actually got you me. Did. In the you did, you did it? Yeah. Come on, way to go. Yeah. Way to go. I was just yeah. wondering. Just kinda you know. Yeah, yeah. I bought Kimberly one too, so that's why I was asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a crazy story though, because even in high school I had a dream of, that I would marry Chrissy and, and God gave it to me. And I told him the first service, I had all those kind of dreams in high school, too. Come on, somebody. I was going to marry everybody. <laughs> and I told him that uh, my dream was from God. Yeah, my dream was from God, yeah. <laughs> so, so even back then, God had this plan for me and Chrissy. Yeah. And 
it, it, it's beautiful to see now looking back all these years later to see the journey that he had us on. Yeah. So um, through that journey, there's a couple cool things that happened in our lives. Um, went, to, went to high school together. I was super into sports. I love sports, especially baseball. So I worked hard my whole life to try to play professional baseball, as I'm sure many of you wanted when you were young to play professional sports. I was fortunate enough by the time that um, I entered college, I was drafted um, by the New York Mets. And I thought, man, God, this is what you have for me for my life. And this is the vision and direction um, that I can affect others there. And I was able to do that the years that I was with the New York Mets in minor league baseball, and it was a beautiful thing to see. You guys moved a couple different places with that too. Where'd you live with the, with the organization? Yeah, so I didn't actually go with him the first year, his rookie year, because it was actually the year after we got married. It was a lot. I ended up moving back in with my parents, and he was, so he went to Tennessee? Yep. Kings, the, Kingsport, Kingsport, Tennessee. Okay, so what's crazy? I grew up in Johnson City, Tennessee. Kingsport's where my dad worked 20 miles away. Let me tell you what. I think I saw him play baseball once, and he was awful. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm teasing. He was a pitcher, by the way, through the heat, 96 miles an hour fastball. Come on, somebody. Woo! Woo! So then I, um, I did go with him the second year. We, went, we lived in New York, and um, that was probably one of our funnest times I think we've had. It was really a blessing. And through that time, we had a business that we actually started in college, our freshman year of college. And um, my Freshman dad, year of college, yeah. started a business. What kind of business? So my dad, um, he goes to church here. He sits in the back. He's bald if you ever see him. <laughs> um, his name is Vin. So he has... A, he's not here today. He's not here way. today. Yeah. But um, he has a sporting goods business where he sell sporting goods, outfits, like all the high schools with their, you know, sporting goods, football uniforms. And so he just wanted to get rid of some extra side small stuff. So he, we thought, all right, let's just put some stuff on eBay. Um, started super small. As it grew, people wanted more stuff. We started to actually get new product through Adidas, which is one of my dad's big distributors. And um, by that time, it was our sophomore year of college, and my dorm was filled with just brand new Adidas shoes. That every day in between classes, you know, we would ship out, we'd go to the post office. I've had that dream that my closet would be filled <laughs> with Adidas. Come on, stop. <laughs> yeah, so, so the dorm was filled. Yeah, you guys had shoes there, everything, and then, then you've got online stuff, so you've got people, you've got to ship stuff out, you've got to figure that out. You're in school, you've got an online business. You're, my Lord. Yeah, so it's crazy because it never was our goal or our intention for this to become a business. We thought, let's make some side money to go on some dates, you know, like you do in college, to have some extra money. Yeah. And God had other plans in our lives that we couldn't even imagine. It, wow. It's just insane. Wow. And so God opened up so many doors, opened up new business, opened up um, more shoes to get, and just he guided us the whole way. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I will, we continue the business all the way through when, even when Steve was playing baseball. And at that point, I was doing a lot of it because he was so busy with the Mets. He, you know, was at practice every day, games every day. And we were fortunate enough to hire an employee to ship out stuff for us back here in San Diego when we were in New York. But um, it was still, it became very overwhelming. At times, I wanted to stop, mm. even though it was our... It was the way we were able to it live. It was the will of God, but it wasn't easy. Can yes. we say that? Yes, exactly. It, it wasn't. 
Hmm. Yeah, it took a lot of hard work, um, lots of hours. I would be on the bus play, you know, with all my baseball players. They'd be listening to music. They'd be goofing around. Yeah. I was on the computer answering questions for our business wow. to you know, try to make money for our family. So, so w would you say that maybe just hard work ethic would be definitely a cornerstone to even seeing God work in your life? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's biblical. God asks us to work hard yeah, throughout the Bible. Yeah. Um, and he wants us to work hard every single day. Right. And, and absolutely. Yeah. So there was, you know, with this, the business being a little bit overwhelming for me, there were times that it was challenging. There were times that we thought we weren't going to make it. Yeah. Um, in terms of we were we're very young, so you know this is back in right after we graduated from college. Yeah, we're, so we're 21. Yeah, we're, 21 we're 32 years old. right now, so you know it was we were just learning how to process everything. Yeah, and so we're also learning how to deal with money and finances. And when we started to make a little more, we would spend it and and figuring out that whole thing. And then that's when we got a hold of this guy named Dave Ramsey, who who. We followed his program. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. I'm sure some of you have. But that's when we really got a control of our money. And we realized that it's not even our money, but that it's God's. And so we wanted to be good stewards Great. of that money that, that God gave us. So that's when we decided that we wanted to first give to God. The very, very, very first thing is to give to God. And that's what we were called to do. And that's what we decided to do. And so a pretty pretty cool story is that we actually, we put God to the test one of these times a few years ago. God called me and Chrissy to give a larger amount of money, and we were pretty uncomfortable with it. And we were like, oh, that's a lot of money. We worked hard for this money. It's, it's ours, right? Um, but God said, you know, open your hand up, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you beyond what you can imagine. And so we decided to give this amount. We gave it, gave it to the church, and Two, not actually 24 hours later, the floodgates of our business opened wow. up dramatically wow. and wow. our sales just increased. And it was, it, it's not always going to happen financially, but in this case it did. And yeah. God just poured open beyond what we can imagine. Wow. Wow. Come on, somebody. Wow. Come on, give it up there. Now, now you might be sitting there and you might be saying, well, I don't have an online business. Duh. They could do that because they're, you know, good-looking couple and all that. God knows exactly where you're at. Single mom, single dad, married, mortgage, retired. He's asking you if you would live with an open hand. Malachi says this, put God to the test. See if he will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you that you're not even able to contain. Meaning, you have enough resources that you say, my needs are met. I've got extra, and I don't own this. I'm going to be generous. Come on, somebody say generous. Yeah, come on, generous. So, so come on, keep there's talking a, to me. There's another cool instance that happened as well that's similar to that. Um, it was about a year ago. We had a very big bill to pay. Um, it wasn't the busy time in the season. It wasn't like Christmas or Black Friday, you know, where the sales are larger and volume is high. Um, we had no clue where this money for this bill would be coming. And 
we were scared. And it was two, within two weeks, yeah, within, two weeks. within two weeks, we got the exact amount wow. that we needed wow. Wow. to pay that bill. Wow. And it was... Come on, let me be okay to clap right then. Yeah. Come on, let me be okay. Yeah. Come on, we can clap in church. And there was, no, there was no reason for the sales to go up. We didn't get any cool new, you know, ultra boosts or, right. you know, nothing any was cool like... new ultra boosts. Yeah, like nothing, you know, and it was totally God providing exactly to show us, so good. look at what I'm doing so for good. you. So good. So what would your advice be to anybody in the room to say, you know... Um, uh, that's maybe fearful, maybe kind of going, you know, I hear your story, but what would you tell somebody? Well, a couple of things, but one, you can either worship money or you can use money as a worship for God. So that's just one wow. thing that we decided wow. that we're going to worship God with our money Good. and we're going to use it for, to enhance his kingdom. Great. Come on, come on. Awesome. Christy, anything? Um, I think a big thing for me and that I always try to remind myself, um, I grew up in a Christian home. My, my parents are very faith-based, and they are always pushing on me to just have faith. Um, and that's it. That's all I need. Have faith that God is going to provide. Have faith that God is there with yeah. you, that he is pushing you, yeah. that he will be there for you and supply what you need. Um, and to not be afraid and just to believe in that. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is that right. that's what continues. Right. Yeah, and another thing is listen to that nudge, that, right. that Holy Spirit. He, he's going to nudge you in the direction to give. He's going to tell you this person needs something financially or, or this person ahead of you or behind you in line, I want to pay for, for their groceries or for their meal. Listen to the Holy Spirit because if you listen to the Holy Spirit, Man, he is going to just tell you so many things, but you have to be willing to listen. Yeah. And then be able to do it, right? Listen and do it, right? Come on, everybody, stand up. Well, just tell thanks for Steve and Chrissy. Amazing testimony of God's goodness. Come on, clap, everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, my pulpit's going to be coming up here. Go ahead and be seated right there. We're starting off a new series of lessons this morning called Generosity. Come on, can you say that for just a minute? Generosity. How many of y'all received a text from us from the church yesterday or an email? If you did not receive a text or an email from the church, it just simply means that we do not have your information. So uh, do us a favor and help, uh, help us keep reaching you. Uh, one of the easiest ways to do is by, by taking a connection card and filling that out uh, uh, with your name and address and your email and, and uh, the text message or easiest number that we can reach you because there's just ways that we can communicate with you real fast. And, and one of those things that we got going on right now is, is thinking about the end of the year and ways to be generous. And, and so I thought it'd be appropriate for the next couple of weeks that we just talk about it because we're, you know, we're in a season of generosity in our country and everybody is thinking about uh, generosity, thinking about giving, coming up with Thanksgiving, of course, and Christmas and, and looking to be a blessing to the people around us, family and friends and co-workers. And it's, it, it's, it's interesting because that's really, you know, our country, the culture of our country is known for generosity. 
uh, America and Americans, it doesn't make a difference what race or nationality you are, Americans are the most generous country on the face of the earth. Can you say amen, everybody? I'm telling you, we're known for our generosity. Uh, and so I want to encourage you, as we talk about this for the next couple of weeks, we, we, we don't want, my, my prayer is that, is that you not think that, that, that somehow uh, uh, somebody is, is beating you over the head or God's trying to beat you into submission, but, but as a good, good father trying to give you counsel, uh, I was raised in a Christian home, and Kimberly was too, and, and my dad would get me and my boys, and my, me and my brothers together, we're all just one year apart. Me and my older brother are actually 13 months apart. Me and my younger brother are 11 months apart. Man, my mom about went crazy when we were young. And, uh, uh, but we were taught at a very young age that we would honor God with the tithe. My dad taught me that. My, my, my mom taught me that. They were both raised in homes that honored God with the tithe and then had opportunities, they said, to honor God above and beyond that with offerings to missionaries and special works and things going on in the church. And, and so I, I, I've seen that my whole life. And, and so giving really isn't hard for me. A tithing, it's no big deal. That's, that's a non-issue with me, giving God the top 10% of my income. And, and then giving God offerings beyond that. Every month we support and are generous with missionaries. And, and when special guests like Israel Campbell comes on Friday night, how many of you are here for Israel Campbell? Wow, man, I'm telling you, if you weren't here, you missed it, man. Fire God was in the room. Man, we got touched by God. That, that you could be generous to missions and preachers that come around and just live with an open hand. And, and, and so I want to talk to you today from... A scripture, really a portion of scripture from Mark chapter 11, and it's talking about, if you, it, it, I'll say a headline on your Bible, the triumphant entry. And it's talking about Jesus actually coming into Jerusalem before he is going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane and pray and, and then actually be crucified and pay for our sins on the cross. It's him coming the last time into Jerusalem before he comes again. Come on, when he parts heaven and he actually comes down to that same spot. Come on, and someday soon in Jesus' name. Amen. But here's what it says. Follow along with me. Mark chapter 11. Let's start reading in verse 1. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them of his disciples on ahead. Go into the village over there. He told them, as soon as you enter it, you'll see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. And as they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying the colt? They said what Jesus told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Interesting. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and all the people all around him were shouting, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David! Praise God in highest heaven! So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple, and afterward, looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon, and he returned to Bethany with the twelve disciples. I, I want to look at this scripture for the time we've got together, you know, 20 minutes or so, since we've had water baptism and all. We're not going to keep you here long today, but en enough to give you the word, I believe, that's going to help us launch this series in generosity. 
And tying together these events that happened in Jesus' life as he left one place and went to another place and looking at this thought of generosity, maybe that you've never considered before. So I encourage you just to look on the screen and maybe write some notes down. Number one, generosity brings Jesus to people. This is really the heart of evangelism. So as you think about this, what, 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 are, you, what are you talking about? Generosity brings Jesus to people. Is that the, the donkey, the donkey was a vehicle to move Jesus to the city. Uh, Jesus could have walked. Of course he could. He could have run. He, he, he didn't have Uber, but he, he would have probably if that was available. Uh, but he used a donkey. Is that the, the, the tool that brought Jesus to the, to the city it was just a vehicle. It was somebody gave Jesus something to be used to further his cause and to bring him from where he was to where he was supposed to go. And so even as Steve said a moment ago, is that I, I really challenge you to think of your finances as tools to bring Jesus to people who don't know him yet. That's what your finances do. And so in the email and the text that we sent you a, lot, this, a couple days ago, we told you some of the things we're going to be doing at our big year-end offering that we're going to celebrate. And we're asking you to pray and, and bring it on December 15th and, and honor God. And let's see what God does is we can help an outreach and, and a missions project down in Tijuana where there's, where there's 80 men living in deplorable conditions and there's 30 women. And, and, and it's really awful. And we want to go and just be a blessing to them and share the life of God and, and let the staff know there that are helping, that are God. God followers and Christ followers that we're here with you. We want to support you. Can somebody say amen? And then we want to help and just be a blessing to our Spectrum kids downstairs and do some renovation down there to, to, to have our facility be God-honoring and, and, and look, at, look at generational things that we can do and keep reaching families and kids that maybe don't know Jesus. Is that really our finances, our tools to move Jesus to people? Uh, you know, when, when, when you start talking about resources or finances or money and some things in church, some people get upset, some people get mad, and some people get uneasy. And we don't want you to get uneasy. But listen, the, the reality is the gospel is free, but it takes money to reach people. The gospel's free. Today, today, right now, in this facility right here, do you know that when we moved to San Diego back in 2001, shortly after we were here, we had the opportunity a year, a year and a half later to buy this facility. It was beyond we could even think. And some people in the church that are still here today were with us, and they, and they sacrificed. We got turned down by four banks, and the fifth bank, which was a credit union, a Christian credit union, said, we'll loan you money. We'll loan you the money if you come up with $263,000 in four months. And that was like... How in the world? But we just, all of a sudden, God just dropped faith in our heart. And we all said yes. And everybody just began sacrificing him. And people that you would, would blow you away wrote $10,000 checks. And people gave $500. And somebody would give $100. And people were stretching. And somebody, somebody sold stocks and bonds. And, and all kinds of crazy stuff that went on. So that you, 20 years later almost, could be here. You weren't here. But God knew one day you needed to be here. So generosity moves and brings Jesus to places he's not there yet. Your generosity can do that even in our city. Generosity, number two, elevates Jesus. It elevates Jesus. Remember when Jesus uh, came on that donkey? That, the, the donkey, look, that donkey allowed Jesus to be lifted above the crowd. It allowed Jesus to be above the crowd. And so your generosity 
actually allows people to see Jesus in a new way. I believe when you're generous, it puts a, we could say this way, it puts a good taste in people's mouths that, that, that the church really is passionate about this loving God and this Jesus who we serve. I, I really believe this with all my heart is that we're all attracted to something that's higher than where we currently are. We're all attracted to something higher. That's why everybody loves to have kids. Everybody loves, if you had the option to go into Del Mar Fair, no dig on Del Mar. If you had the option to go in to, to, the, to the, the park at Belmont, or if you had the option of going down south to whatever they call that thing down there anymore, that theme park that got changed hands, names of the water park 16 times, or you had the option to go to Disneyland, where would you go? Disneyland. Why? Because everything's excellent. They come out at night and they paint things so everything's perfect. Everybody there picks up gum. No trash. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Everybody's happy. Come on. It's pixie dust. It's magic kingdom. Yeah. Why? Because we love excellence. Come on. We love excellence. There's nothing wrong with that. So listen, your generosity actually elevates Jesus. It elevates Jesus. It causes Jesus to be seen, and even in people who don't know God. Like, like that's why, listen, when we want you to come on the property, we, we want the grass to be mowed. We, we have guys that come in on Saturday. We pay the, 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 the landscaping guys to, to clean stuff, and, and we want to make things beautiful. And that's why we want to even take it up a notch even more downstairs with our kids and doing outreach events and see what God does in our city because we want Jesus to be elevated in our community and in our church. Can you say a good amen, everybody? I believe we have an inborn, uh, an inborn desire for excellence. And so listen, uh, may, maybe, uh, again, uh, don't want to step on any toes, but, but if you ever say that's good enough, I believe you're wrong. Never perfection. Perfection is not the goal. Excellence is the goal. Excellence is the goal. Do the best you can with where you're at right now. Uh, just do the best you can. And, and so when it comes to, when it comes to giving, we, 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 we want to elevate Jesus. And we, we want to we make anybody who sees our facility, we want to make anybody who sees you. And I, I want to carry myself. And I want to communicate as excellently as I can. And I want to brush my teeth. And I want to comb my hair. And I want to I make sure that, that I'm presenting the gospel and Jesus in a good light. Because I want Jesus elevated. And my giving and your giving brings Jesus just like he was carried on that donkey where he was high above and everybody could see him. I love the story of in 1 Kings chapter 10, it talks about the queen of Sheba. She's a queen. She's got it going on. She's got stuff. She's got a kingdom, if you will. And she came to Solomon, King Solomon, to ask him, the scripture says, hard questions. She heard about Solomon. And when she saw Solomon and she asked him all these questions, and the scripture says Solomon answered everything in her heart. He was full of the wisdom of God. And when the scripture says she saw him, how he stood, how he rose up, how he came in. She looked around at the palace. She looked around at the attendants attending she looked at their clothing she looked at how they did what what they did it says she didn't have any more breath in her it was like she almost fainted listen what was going on this woman had a lot of excellence she was around excellence she came with camels ready to give to him she had resources but when she saw the God that Solomon served and how excellently he represented him she was just desirous of that Let's be that kind of people that through our giving, through our tithing, through our offerings, through our generosity, through our sacrificial giving, even in this season, 
that we're able to do something substantial in and through us and our community and the region around where Jesus is lifted a little bit higher. Can you say amen, everybody? <laughs> worship brings. Generosity brings worship to Jesus. It brings worship to Jesus. We read the story. As soon as they got the donkey and they brought the donkey colt back, some of the disciples, somebody took off their coats and they put it on the donkey's back and they put Jesus on there. And then when Jesus came in the procession to Jerusalem, they took off their clothes and they, and they put their clothes on the ground and the donkey walked across them and they, they cut down palm branches and laid them down and, and they began worshiping, worshiping, worshiping this one. Our generosity brings worship to Jesus. It brings worship to him. I can't tell you how many times, you know, through the several years that we've given to, to some needy families over, over through at Rosebank High School. A couple of times I was able to go and actually deliver the meal. And, and the people that received the meal, and, and if you've taken a missions trip and, and, given, and, and given to anybody, the generosity that people are in, that are in need really bring and tell you thank you and tell them thanks to church and, and thank God your generosity brings worship to Jesus. Oh, how, how, how thrilling is that? Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. He talks about this in, in, in chapter 8 and chapter 9. But he says this. He says that your giving causes thanksgiving to God. He actually says that. He says, hey, church, your giving is going to cause thanksgiving to God. It's going to cause worship to God. Paul says to the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 4, check this out. He says, you're giving. He says, church at Philippi, he says, your giving was a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Think about that. With, with, not, not, not talking about you're serving, like helping the poor and teaching kids and reaching. and, and No, no, no. He's talking about you're giving. You're give, your, your money, your money was well-pleasing to God. Do you have any well-pleasing money to God? Your giving was, uh, was an acceptable sacrifice. There, there, was a, there was a sacrifice, and I was accepted. It was accepted by me. And your giving came up as a sweet aroma. God saw your sacrifice, and God saw your tithe, and God saw your, your generous gift, and it was, it was well-pleasing. Generosity, generosity is not like you're paying a bill. It's not like your house payment, your rent payment. It's not like your car payment. Generosity is an act of my will where I choose to worship Jesus with my money. Generosity brings worship to Jesus. Fourthly, a couple more. Uh, ge generosity advances the cause of Jesus. It just advances the cause of Jesus. Oh, what, what do you mean? Well, well, again, think with me about the situation with the donkey, that, that the donkey carried Jesus to Jerusalem. That was the purpose of this donkey, of this donkey's colt. Uh, it, it advanced him. It, it causes him, caused him to come to Jerusalem. It caused Jesus to advance in the will of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God. Uh, let, let me encourage you. Give some of your money a supernatural purpose. Give some of your money a supernatural purpose. You could say it this way. When you pay your rent, you're giving some of your money the purpose for shelter. When you pay your car payment, you're giving some of your money a purpose to transport you from here to there. You must give some of your money 
to advance the cause of Christ. I believe this with all my heart is that God and His purpose, God's purpose, always needs a person. My plea to you is be that person. Be that person. Every one of us, every one of us, to say, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what you've called me to do. I'm, I'm going to be who you've called me to be. I'm going I'm to give what you've called me to give. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be open-handed. I, I want a testimony like Steve and Chrissy. I want a testimony like that person that I've, that I've heard before. And we all know this, and we all struggle at times with this, that how can we be so generous on eBay and so weak in church? How can we be so generous at Christmas and, and go into debt? And I'd never think, listen to me, and I don't want you to do this, but I'd never think about going into debt given to God. But I'll take that and I'll make sure I pay it off in 12 months. But I would never stretch for the kingdom of God. Hard truths, but generosity needs to be breathed in you so you can advance the cause of Christ. I believe this, that every generation, that we need to be committed to reaching our generation. And one of the ways that we can reach our generation is through our generosity. Through our generosity. That again, we are living, we're staying, we're here we are this morning in a facility that a lot of us in the room, you did not pay for. You did not pay for. A lot of us. So what do I do? What's my part then? I'm going to make sure that the cause of Christ continues. So I'm going to say I'm signed up for generosity. I'm going to pay it forward. Come on, we've all heard that, haven't we? Pay it forward. Come on, that'd be a good place to clap right there. Yeah. So generosity just ensures that the next generation is going to hear about Jesus. Going to hear about Jesus. I'm committed to generosity. I'm going to, I'm going to take my stand and I'm going, to, I'm going to keep pushing the bar. And I'm not, I'm not going to stay the same. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to stretch myself. And so, so what does that look like? What, what does that mean to you? And what, what is that, what, what, how, how does that figure in, in your life and, and your budget? And, and you, maybe you're saying, I, you, you don't know what I'm battling with. You don't know what I'm up against right now. Cool. Listen. Paul says this in the Corinthians. He said, some that, that, that were in a place that could give more, should give more. And some of them were places that they just couldn't right now, but they could do something. Everybody gave what they could. And that's the heart, not just for, not just for the big year-end give, not just to help what's going on in Tijuana, and, and not just to help here right now for this quick season, if you will. But my prayer, my plea would be that you continually build within your life and your lifestyle generosity, just generosity. Sacrifice, giving, worship, and advancing the cause of Christ. So it looks differently for all of us. It looks differently. Kimberly and I, you know, we, we've, we're in a place after married for 35 years, and, and we've got some investments, and, and so we prayed, and we'll be giving several thousand dollars. I won't tell you how much because I don't want to alert you or alarm you. Or, and I'm not asking you to do what God's called me to do. But after prayer, it's like, okay, even what Steve said, Gary, stretch. Okay. And my prayer always is this. God, God don't you know I've stretched before? Don't you know I've stretched before? And the answer always is, I've seen you stretch before. 
but I'm asking you to stretch again. And so we'll be doing that because we want to see God's name be elevated and magnified in a greater degree. Amen. Amen. Generosity always comes back to the giver. Number five, I think, is powerful. Generosity always comes back to the giver. And maybe you didn't pick it up because we read it real quick. Uh, but the guy that had the donkey, uh, you know, uh, when the disciples came, they started untying the donkey. They said, man, what, what, what are you doing? They said, well, you know, the master needs it. And he went, okay. But then do you read what happened after that? The scripture says, after Jesus used the donkey, you know what they did? They gave him the donkey back. And I don't know about you, and the scripture doesn't say, and I'm not trying to be so crazy that, that you think, man, you, come on, you, you, must have, you must have hit, the, hit that wacky weed spot down there on Main Street. No, no, li li listen, uh, uh, I, I think, I, think when, I, I don't know, but I'm thinking that donkey, when, when, it, when it got back to the owner, that that donkey just carried a different blessing on him. He carried Jesus. And you can't give anything to Jesus that it comes back the very same way. Listen, the owner of the donkey didn't lose anything. You never are generous and give and lose. Never. God will be a debtor to no one. No one. I, I, I love the thought. Again, that giving to Jesus is never a loss. But still, God asked Gary, and he's asking you to loose your donkey. Untie it. Untie it. Untie the hold of money. I can't. I won't. I, I, got, I got to put it in my budget. I got to plan it. I got to give it. And I, 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 don't what you, I, don't, I don't know what you do. I hope you do. I hope you save money. And even what Kimber and I have learned to do is we save money to give, not to spend. We save money so we have extra. Above our tithe, above our missionaries, we now have extra. And I could take this money and I could go on vacation, need to go on vacation, and I could take this money and I could go to the mall, and I love going to the mall. And I could take this money, and I could eat at all those restaurants, and you should. But we can take some of this money that we've saved to be generous. Generosity always comes back to the giver. Jesus said this, give generously, and generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down, make room for more. Wow. Abundant gifts will pour out on you with such an overflowing measure that'll run over the top. Man, over the top giving? Your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. Hmm. Generosity then is measured, the scripture says. Give and it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and run over. Will men give to your bosom? For the way you measure it out will be how it's measured back at you. A teacup? comes back a teacup, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. A shovel comes back a shovel. A dump truck comes back a dump truck. You decide. Generosity is left up to all of us. 
Lastly, I believe this is that generosity really is a prophetic declaration. What do you mean by that? Maybe you're not familiar with those words. Prophecy, Old Testament, prophets prophesied about things to come. That our generosity is really a prophetic declaration. Here's what it says in Zechariah 9, 9. Rejoice, O people of Zion, and shout in triumph. O people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble. Look at this, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. We just read that. We, we just read that in Mark chapter, Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 11. Zechariah the prophet prophesied this 500 years before the event we just read. God Almighty gave him a word, downloaded it. He prophesied it out that your king, your Messiah is going to come riding on a donkey. So God already prophetically had it planned. He was just needing a man on the earth or a woman to obey him. I believe with all my heart that your generosity is a prophecy. Your generosity is a prophecy of what Jesus is going to do and what Jesus wants to do in the earth and in our community. He is looking, he is desirous, he is wanting to use all kinds of people to do all kinds of things. So I would encourage you, if it, that how, how do you get a couple of college kids and they start an online business? God foresaw how the generosity in their lives would affect not only our church, but people as well. God has foreseen all that in all of our lives so that we would then take steps of obedience to be generous with what he's given us right now. I love this scripture in closing in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 8. It's a scripture that, that the writer, we don't actually know who wrote the book of Hebrews. A lot of people have a lot of ideas, but we really don't know. He's an unnamed author. And actually, the, the, the book of Hebrews is written to the, to the Jews who became Christians, and uh, the Hebrews. And, and they believed in tithing, the Old Testament. It actually started with Abraham before the Old Covenant. So it started with God and Abraham, and then, and then and the Old Covenant talks about it. And then the Psalms, you know, then we've got, we've got the New Covenant now that we're living in. And so the writer in, in the New Testament, this is New Testament, he, he says this, Here, mortal men mortal men, natural men, human men, receive tithes, receive tithes, top 10% of the income, but there he receives them, of whom it's witnessed that he lives forever. So our giving on earth, listen, I say this this way, whenever we give and we tithe here, God doesn't come down, you know, and steal money out of a safe and money floats up to heaven. <laughs> but he receives the faith that you've generated in your sacrificial giving. And it's a witness that he is alive. The person who's generous is saying, I believe that Jesus is alive and I'm giving and I want to further his cause and I want to see his kingdom come. My prayer for you, our prayer for you as a church is that you would be that person that you wouldn't say, well, you don't know, you know, that, no, the giving, that's for those people. That, that's for, uh, that, that's for, that's for, you know, Steve and Christine, they're, they're, you know, God, God's just got something for them and they just, no, 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 listen, don't, don't, don't sell yourself short because God wants to use you and show you that every step you take, he's going to meet you and he's going to guide you and he's going to lead you and he's going to do things for you that money can't buy. He'll do things in your family, do things in your body. He'll do all, all kinds of unforeseen events, and He'll help you in all kinds of ways just through 
this one act of worship of generosity. My prayer for you is that you, in this season, as we look at the big year and give, that you would ask God, God, what do you want to do? What do you want me to do? What's my part? What's my place right now? What can I do? Looking at where I'm at, you know, there's so many ways that you see people that do all kinds of things. And so don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself. My, my ask for you is to ask God. Ask God, what do you want me to do? And then when he speaks to you, just obey. Because you're going to see heaven open up in your life in a new and a powerful way. Can you say amen, everybody? Come on, let's give God a praise. Amen, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Would you do that this morning? You listened real well. What a phenomenal service. Water baptism, worship was amazing. We have people's lives being transformed right here today. Father God, we love you. We just thank you as we talk about generosity. You're, you're the greatest giver of all. You gave us Jesus, Father. What else won't you give us is what you told us in the book of Romans. And so, Father, I pray today that, that this message and as we look at this series, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't bring withdrawing in us. It wouldn't bring confusion in us. But we'd realize that through our generosity, we can move Jesus from where he's at to where he wants to go. In a very tangible way, our giving is going to help this men and women's home down in TJ. Through our giving, we're going to be able to reach more and more kids for years to come in our children's ministry. We're going to be able to affect our city because the church is the hope of the world. Spectrum Church is one of those churches. And so, Father, we thank you today for your will being done in generosity in our lives. So right now, while your head's bowed, your eyes closed, if this is your first time with us, or you've been with us many times, and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that's the greatest decision you can ever make. It's the first decision, spiritual decision you need to make. I make a decision. I, I want you. I, I, want, I want to know God. I want to, I want to know His will for my life. And I'm tired of living the way I'm living. And I want Jesus. That's a passion of your heart. He's going to meet you right now at your point of need. So from the back to the front, from the left to the right, that's the question. Do you know Jesus? Not have, have you heard about him, but do you know him? Or do you know him intimately, personally, acquainted with him? If you haven't, we want to introduce you to him. The way that begins is by a prayer. You open your heart. You open your mouth. He says, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come. If you ask for me to come, I'm going to come.